you have your Bible, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And we'll be reading together. We'll be reading together verses 8 through 15. That's Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. Luke 2, 8 through 15. If you found it, say amen. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Lord, we thank you for your word and for the inspiration of it. Now may it speak to our hearts and our lives in such a way that we will be challenged, that we will be changed, and that we will never get over it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are in our second week of Advent. Advent is that time that we are preparing the way of the Lord. We're preparing to celebrate. We're preparing our hearts to celebrate the first coming of Christ, uh, which we do every year at Christmas time. But also, we are preparing our hearts for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so we... Uh, it, it is, we go through uh, every year the four Sundays of Advent, and we do some type of series to help us prepare for that. Now, now for this year, we are, are doing a series that was actually the themes were brought forth uh, through a project that Pastor Kim was doing for her doctoral work and for her doctorate of ministry work. And, and so uh, we were looking at those songs that centered around the birth of Jesus. Now, we're calling it God's Original Christmas Carols, and I know you may think of Christmas carols, and what usually comes to your mind are things like Jingle Bells, or even further before that, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which was, by the way, a Charles Wesley uh, uh, written hymn. And uh, so it, it definitely has our, our Methodist theology all through it. And, and, and you may say, well, what about Silent Night? And it came upon the midnight clear and all of those. Even the oldest of Christmas carols are not the original Christmas carols. 
The original Christmas carols that we're talking about are the songs that are in Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 1 and 2 that surround the story of Christmas. And so whenever we are looking at that, we're looking at the song uh, last week. Pastor Kim looked at the song of Zacharias uh, and and or Zacharias' song, and that song um, was a song of hope. And of course, we know that Zacharias said that after nine months. It was after nine months of not being able to talk. And it was probably Elizabeth, his wife's uh, greatest nine months of her life. You know what I'm saying? That he was not able to talk. But, but Zacharias' song. And then uh, next week we're going to be looking at Mary's song. Mary, the mother of Jesus, at her song. And then the next week at Simeon's song. But today we're going to talk about the angel's song. Now angels are throughout the Bible and there were four main purposes of angels. Angels' main functions were as messengers, as ministers, because you see sometimes, you remember uh, Elijah was ministered to by an angel by the brook of Gashan. And, and, um, and then we see them as warriors sometimes. And we see, I, I believe it's in Jude where it talks about that the archangel Michael fights against Satan and casts him out and all that good stuff. And, and then we, we also know that they are worshipers. And you will see them as worshipers throughout the Bible as well in Isaiah and the throne in the when the glory of the Lord filled the temple for Isaiah and he was called there was uh, it was like an angel in the veil he saw the Lord and and then in Revelation as well and so angels had these four functions and in this we see the angels as messengers they come to the shepherd now you know an angel had showed themselves to Mary. An angel had come to uh, Joseph in a dream. And then here they come and show themselves to what were considered at those times lowly shepherds. In other words, shepherds were like second-class citizens. They would not have been the ones that would have been expected to be invited to see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and to celebrate His birth. But they are the ones that the angels show up to. And, and an angel tells them not to be afraid and tells them that about what's happening and to go to Bethlehem. And then after that, look at what happens in verse 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now, we see that the word does you say there, but I cannot help but believe that when God came to send his messengers to tell about Jesus, when a heavenly host shows up, that sounds like a choir to me. Amen? That sounds like a choir to me. And so whether it was in rhyme or whether it was in spoken word or whatever, they had a song in their heart and the angels shared a song. And so this morning we're going to look and see what the angel's song was all about. Those few verses right there, what was the angel's song all about? Number one, the angel's song was a song of praise. 
It was a song of praise. Glory to God in the highest were the first words that came out of that chorus's mouth. Glory to God in the highest. And to give something glory is to praise them. And that's what they were doing for God. You see, we were created to praise God. We were created to worship God. That was one of what we were put on earth to do. If you remember that book that came out years ago, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, the first one was there, that first purpose, we were created to worship. We were created to worship Him. The Westminster Catechism that says it like this, shorter catechism says it like this, is that the chief end of humankind, mankind, they said it back then, or chief end of man, but the chief end of humankind is to give glory to God and to enjoy God forever. In other words, that's what we're here on earth to do. And it seems like we're so good at doing every other thing. We're so good at prioritizing every other thing other than what we were really created to do, and that is to worship God. And we find out in the end that that's all we're going to be doing. If you're planning on going to heaven one day and you believe in Jesus Christ, listen to what John sees as the kingdom in its consummation and in its glory. Revelation chapter 5, 13, John gets this vision. Look at what he sees. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying... To him who sits on the throne, to him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb be praised and honor and glory and power forever and ever. I don't know about y'all, that sounds like everybody is going to be worshiping him forever. Amen? And if we're going to get used to worshiping Him forever, I think we need to learn how to worship Him while we're here on earth. Amen? And I don't care if it's raised hands or closed hands or folded arms or however you feel led to worship. We need to worship Him. So I just want you, just, we're just going to worship Him just a second, just with, just with a little, little song. And it just simply says, I exalt the old chorus. And let's just worship Him and do what we were created to do. I exalt Thee. I exalt Thee. I exalt Thee. I exalt Thee. Oh, Lord. I exalt Thee. I exalt Thee. I exalt Thee, I exalt Thee, O oh Lord, O oh Lord. Do you have a song of praise in your heart this morning? Not only was the angel song a song of praise, but also the song, it was a song of peace. It was not only a song of praise, but it was a song of peace. That's what it says there in verses 13 and 14 eight. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, peace and goodwill to men. He came to bring peace 
to this earth. And you know, we look on the news, if you turn it on on any given day, if you scroll it on the internet on any given day, if you look at Twitter on any given day, you will find out that there's not a lot of peace going on. And we know that there's division in our own country and there's not a lot of peace going on. But I'm here to tell you, I believe if we're ever going to have some peace on earth, if we're ever going to have some peace in this nation, if we're ever going to have peace between families and churches and other things, we have to have the peace with God. Amen? It has to start. That, that song, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. It has to start with us. Because Jesus says, listen, there is a peace that you can have that the world cannot give you. The stock market cannot give you. Your retirement funds cannot give you. Your security cannot give you. Your vehicle cannot give you. And the only peace that we truly can have and that we can get is from Jesus Christ and a relationship with Him. Quit trying to do like that old country song from Urban Cowboy said, looking for love in all the wrong places. We're looking for peace in all the wrong places. I love what it said, what Paul was able to write. Now, you got to understand, Paul was in prison. He was writing to the Philippians. If anybody had a, a reason to be anxious and, and upset, it would be him. But listen to what he writes in Philippians 4, 6 and 7. It says, be anxious for Nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And listen to this part. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Is there some anxiety that's been just messing with you lately? I know from social media, it can happen from FOMO, fear of missing out, by the way, that's what that is, and everybody else is doing something and got something and all this stuff, and it just raises your anxiety. Or I know from COVID and the fear and the isolation that that brought forth has just left people in a perpetual state of anxiety. But we need to look to the one that can give us the peace that we truly need. If you know this song, just sing it. But let, just think about the area you may need peace. Just think about and let God give you a song of peace. Peace, peace, wonderful peace flowing down from the Father above sweep over my spirit sweep over my spirit I ask you today in fathomless billows of love y'all sing that with me one time peace peace wonderful peace 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 one Wonderful peace coming down, coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit, sweep over my spirit for 
forever I pray, forever I pray. In fathom, in fathomless billows of love. Do you have a song of peace this morning? And then not only was the angel's song a song of praise and a song of peace, but the angel's song was a song of proclamation. It was a song proclaiming the good news. That's what the angel said. I bring you good tidings, good news. In the Old Testament, that word gospel, that literally means good message, good news. We get the word evangelism from that, evangel. And, and, but that, that word gospel literally means, literally means now, it, it, it means that it's a good news of a victory that they had won. See, what would happen is that the king would be back with the castle a lot of times, and they'd send out that army to fight that battle. And whenever that battle had been won, they would send a messenger back. And the messenger would come back to the king and tell them the gospel that the victory has been won. And I don't know about you this morning, but I know that this year has been full of some battles. Amen? And I know of folks that have fought some tough battles this year. But you need to understand something. Jesus has been raised from the dead, and the victory has already been won. Amen? It has been won for you and for me. And because of that, we can proclaim that good news. We can proclaim it. That means proclaim it when it's easy to say. Proclaim it when it's not. Mark said it in like this. Uh, Jesus said it in Mark 15. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And that word preach literally means proclaim. And so we all need to be proclaiming his word when, it's, when folks want to listen to it and when folks don't. When folks are really excited about it, and even whenever folks aren't. I won't ever forget, uh, years ago I was pastoring in Bladen County, and we would go out to eat with some folks uh, at, uh, on the weekends and all sometimes, and, and then sometimes like we do now, after you eat, kind of to make the night complete, you go to Walmart. You know what I'm talking about? And walk around Walmart, walk around what you ate, walk off what you just ate or whatever. And, and we, we had been to eat and then we had been to Walmart, probably bought some things that we wondered why in the world did we buy those tonight or whatever. But anyway, afterwards to make the night really complete, we went by the KFC to get some home, oh, not homemade, but some hot apple pies. And I'm telling you what. Those KFC hot apple pies are good, especially if you get them while they're hot. And, and, uh, and we had stopped there, and we had gone through the drive-thru and got some hot apple pies, and we realized that we didn't have any napkins, so we pulled on up, and I ran in to get the rest of us napkins. And whenever I get, went in, got the napkins, there was a, uh, one of the ladies working there had been to our church a couple of times, and, and, and she just, we got to talking and right there at the counter, and, and, and she was telling me about some things going on in her life and all, and, and, and I got to share the gospel and pray with 
with her and God just moved and you could feel the Holy Spirit right there in the KFC over the counter. Hallelujah. And, 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 and I was so excited whenever I came back to the car and I got back to the car and, and got in the car and, and started telling all of them about what had just happened. And I was excited and I was celebrating it to them. And all the rest of the ones in the car were doing was eating the fire out of those hot apple pies. I mean, it was like they were, that's what their concern was, was getting that hot apple pie in their, in their mouth. And, and, and I was like, wait a minute, y'all, God just moved mightily. And all y'all can do is eat some hot apple pies. Now, they're good hot apple pies, I will say that. Folks, sometimes everybody's not going to be as excited about how God's moving because they may not have experienced that way, that time, or whatever. Now, they all celebrated it after that, after they ate the hot apple pie. But anyway, but, but, but no matter how excited the ones around you are, proclaim, proclaim the good news. Have a song of proclamation that tells everybody and helps everybody know who Jesus is. Is. So this is the last little chorus we're going to sing. And it's an old Sunday school song that a lot of little country churches used to sing. And it just simply says, everybody ought to know who Jesus is. So you can clap along if you want. Ready? Here we go. Everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know. Everybody. Everybody ought to know who Jesus is. Let's do it again. Ready? Everybody ought to know. Come on. Everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know who Jesus is. Now this is the good part. He's the lily of the valley. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning. He's the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000. He's the fairest of 10,000. Everybody, everybody ought to know. Here we go. Everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know, everybody ought to know who Jesus is. One more time, everybody. Everybody ought to know, everybody ought to know, everybody ought to know who Jesus is. Amen, amen, amen. This morning, what's important is something been keeping you from singing that song. Are you singing your angel song? Are you singing your song of praise? Are you singing your song of peace? And are you singing your song of proclamation in a world that's hurting so bad? And if there's something keeping you from singing that song, this morning as we come to God's table, we, we, we invite you. We invite you to just leave it there. Leave it there. As, as we are nurtured by the bread and the juice and what Christ did for us, just leave it there.
so that you can have your angel song this Christmas. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your love. Lord, we pray right now that you will move in such a way that if we're missing something this Christmas, this Advent season, that you will fill us with it so that we can sing your song. Lord, whether it's from anxiety, whether it's from grief, whether it's from a fear of what's ahead, Lord, I pray right now that you ease that and fill us with your peace with your praise and with proclamation in Jesus name we pray amen